Welcome to the Love Reimagined Podcast. If you're tired of hearing about a God who is supposedly represented perfectly through Jesus, but is less kind than you, your grandma, and even Hitler, this podcast is for you. We welcome you to join Joe Chadburn, that's me, and friends as we reimagine Father through the perfect lens of Christ. Now, we occasionally tip a few sacred cows, but be assured that no members of the bovine species were harmed during the recording of this episode you are about to enjoy. Hi, friends. It's Joe Chadburn. I'm here with my friend, Lauren Rosser. Hey, Lauren, how you doing? I'm doing great, Joe. Thanks for having me here. Wonderful. I saw your post on Facebook, and I've seen many of your posts, but I heard that you're doing a video specifically. I know there's a series, but I heard you were doing a video specifically on leadership, and I just wanted to be a part of that and uh, get a good interview with you. So um, before we get rolling here, you know yourself better than I do, hopefully. So <laughs> if you go ahead and just uh, just let our friends know who you are, what you're about, and uh, and why you're here today. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, I've uh, I come from a 24 year background in uh, in television. Um, worked in in television. I currently teach animation at a Title One high school. But the main thing is, I've always um, like you. I came from a, a a Christian background and was in Christian leadership. Uh, I was a youth pastor for several years, and uh, it was kind of interesting because a lot of things got unraveled in my view about God, uh, particularly starting around the year 2000. My my uh, my traditional Christian views kind of began to unwind and collapse, and my my original view of God really shifted to something much more beautiful than I'd ever known before, mm -hmm. and uh, that inspired me to to really start using the gifts that God gave me in video production to really help other people get untangled from the uh, kind of the lies that religion tells us about God and about ourselves. So mm -hmm. that's been my passion is, is just helping people know who God their father is and to get free from the things that have been weighing them down. I like that. Yeah. Uh, I know about that. Yeah. Having served in, uh, and just so many different facets of ministry as a quote, senior pastor, you know, in the institution and all of that. And I've sort of, uh, you know, leadership evolves. I don't think I've ever stopped functioning in a pastoral capacity, but I think since I have moved on and progressed in outside of the believe to belong culture, that I've actually been able to grow and and lead more, but uh, without the uh, without the traditional type thing, without the uh, the hierarchical uh, structures. Um, and without pressure on me to perform. So I'm, I'm looking forward to dialoguing with here with you. And I think this is going to be going to be wonderful. Yeah. So if anybody wants to get hold of uh, your materials, this is untangled.tv. Is that correct? That is correct. Yep. Hey. You, can, you can find the video series on there that we're going to be talking about as well as some other things. Um, so yeah, that's where you would go. I like that. I like that a lot. Okay. So tell us about your video series and what inspired you to produce it. Well, um, this series came about, um, I'm friends with, uh, you, you might've seen him on Facebook, uh, Dr. Stephen Crosby. Mm -hmm. Um, he, uh, wrote a book called how new is the new covenant. And, uh, and, and I read that book and I was going, man, this is so good. 
we, my, my video mind was taking off. I was like, we got to do something with this. This really needs to get out. You know, this mm -hmm. can't just be some little small book sitting on a shelf that gathers dust. It's like, people really need to get this. And, and basically what he was hitting on was several issues, but basically he was showing that a lot of people view the, the new covenant, the new Testament is like the old Testament part two. And, and he's talked about how, no, the New Testament is entirely new, new in substance, new in every way. It's, it's an entirely uh, like new birth. And, mm -hmm. and um, when I was seeing that, I was like, we got to make a video of this. But um, as we talked about it, I was sharing with him, I go, but I don't want to, you know, on Facebook, everybody just has an opinion and, you know, everything. And we, I was sharing with him that we really should have people who are, I, I really don't like the word expert, but mm -hmm. for lack of a better term, you know, people who've been in the trenches, been there, done that, you know, yeah. not just people giving an opinion or a theory on something, but people who've really lived it and, and people we know, you know, who, who we can look at the fruit in their lives and go, you know, these are good people. And so, so that's how that came about was we talked about it. And then we, he, he brought together some people. i got some people together and we just said, let's just start talking these people and see what topics emerge. And that's what led to the, led to the video series. Nice. That sounds really interesting. Now, now, um, can you give, give us a glimpse just of, um, the different types of leaders that you may have, have interviewed? Cause I'm, I'm very interested in, in that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it's interesting because uh, one of them was, uh, well, of course, Steve himself shared because he wrote a book on, uh, on uh, uh, what was it called? Um, it was it was about, give me a second here, it'll come to me. Anyway, it was on leadership and authority. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and he really unraveled a lot of the stuff we've been told about that. But then we spoke to a guy, Jose Bosque. And uh, I've become friends with, with Jose and just a wonderful brother who's, he's done uh, missionary work, if you will, or, or a genuine, you know, a lot of people, they don't like hearing the word apostle because they think, oh, you know, they big shot, crazy guy, you know, mm -hmm. they, they get that word scares them. But in the truest sense of the word of one who, who's like sent the first one in, you know, lays the foundation and Jose mm -hmm. does work all over the world has been to all, but uh, all, but his, all the Hispanic countries except Panama and wow. uh, 60 countries around the world. And plus he spends his time in his own, he lives in Florida, spends his time actually feeding the poor, uh, launched an organization. Mm -hmm. And especially during COVID and stuff, it's been crazy busy for him. And so this guy really lives it. He really lives the life of being a servant of servants, you know, really serving people and, and helping them get grounded in Christ. And, mm -hmm. and it's interesting because again, kind of like you and I in the past, he had actually done the, the mega church pastor kind of thing mm -hmm. and just found that that's not the way to make disciples and yeah. left that whole scene and, uh, and really became all about relationship and, and yeah. starting relationships with people. Um, another person that we, uh, I, I'd like to just in oh, yeah. there really, really quick. Cause this, this is really exciting, but it's, you know, like us, it seemed like he left the traditional, um, Western structure to pursue right. something that he believed was just um, historically and biblically and uh, just, uh, you know, experientially more authentic. Exactly. You know, really Jesus centered and just Christ's love being poured out from us. And I really like that. And, you know, something about the term apostle that you, you mentioned that term and some people may be listening, watching 
and be scared of that. Uh, you know, that wasn't a religious term to begin with. It exactly. Was a, it was a Roman term, and it was someone who, when uh, the Romans would conquer a new territory, what would happen is they would send someone called an apostle to bring the culture of Rome to that newly conquered, newly acquired territory. So when we talk about apostle, and when, when Paul was speaking and, and using that word, when we see it in the Bible, it's someone who is simply bringing the culture of heaven, the culture of love, into new places. You know? Exactly. Um, and, and establishing that, not politically, not militarily, but through uh, the, a life of the Beatitudes, you know, really right. just lived out the Sermon on the Mount fleshed out to where, yeah, the world can be turned upside down that way. And so, you know, we're talking about that kind of, uh, of you know, of leadership. And, right. and, and so I appreciate that, Lauren. I, I, I really do, brother. Yeah. Anything you want to, uh, to add there before we get on to the next question? Or yeah, you... just, uh, okay. I mean, you're, you're, you're dead on. And I love what you shared with uh, about what an apostle does and stuff, because, um, you know, it's one of those things, how the kingdom of God is upside down, you know, it's an upside down kingdom. And, and we so often mutated into, you know, something where, uh, one, one of the things I've, I've discovered is that when you encounter someone who's truly apostolic, if you will, who's truly, um, scent and that, that foundation layer type personality. When you talk to them, you don't know you're talking to an apostle (laughs) because they tend to be the most down to earth and servant oriented uh, mindset of anybody you ever meet. And so it's, it's really a beautiful thing when you encounter the real. Well, when I look at, you know, Paul in today, Paul would be a total loser, uh, according to the Western church culture today. I mean, the guy was not a full-time minister. He worked with his own hands. Uh, he was a jailbird a lot of the time, right. he was in jail or a traveling vagabond. And, uh, you know, he didn't, uh, yeah, he didn't pastor a mega church or anything like that. So he would, you know, writes letters from prison. So this guy would be considered a total failure in today's Western Christian culture and you know, and thank the Lord for people who are who have that uh, that servant heart. You know, the right. watchers, the the lovers of mankind, those who don't mind being unrecognized. And the Bible talks about those as you know, either apostolic, prophetic, as being foundational ministries. And the foundation isn't up in the penthouse where everybody is seeing it. It undergirds and it just lifts others up. And uh, so that that to me is leadership. That's that's ministry. You know, yeah. Um, that's that's Jesus. <laughs> so, yeah, man, totally agree. Yeah, good stuff. So, yeah, what what topics are covered in this series? And help me out here because I want to make sure. So there are other things that you discuss besides leadership. Leadership is just the last um, video in the series that you've done. Yeah, and, is that it, correct. It, Exactly. And we actually have more that are on the way. Uh, This has just been kind of a slow uh, in the process series. Um, The first one was um, the the first one is uh, Jesus, the exact representation of God. Um, And that one we bring on uh, theologian Brad Jerzak in particular, as well as a lot of other people um, just unraveling and and helping people get free from uh, a lot of people have a very they don't see God as being exactly like Jesus. You know, we'll, we'll say, oh, yeah, Jesus was God's son and stuff. But they'll like kind of like separate that like, well, God's like this, you know, God's 
vicious and violent and vengeful and, you know, all this, but, but Jesus is sweet and nice, but, you know, but he's going to come back as vicious and vengeful, you know? And so it, it really creates a lot of tension and, and kind of like a double mindedness in a lot of Christians. And so what, schizophrenic trinity, so to absolutely. Speak. Yeah. And so what, what uh, Brad and a lot of other people in this, in that episode do is really unwind that to, you know, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. In other words, what you read about in the Gospels in Jesus is exactly what God is like. There is nothing that that's there in that's Jesus didn't like keep any part of God hidden. Like there's some hidden dark side of God that Jesus didn't show us. If you see it yeah. in Jesus, that's what the Father is like. And if you don't see it in Jesus in the Gospels, that's not what the Father is like. And that creates a lot of tension, especially if you come from a background like me, where um take every verse literally in the old Testament. And, and if it says God said it, then God said it. If it says God did it, God did it. And, and, and man, that created a lot of tension and a lot of struggle. And then, and then you come to Jesus who goes, you've heard it said, but I say to you, you know, that creates some real, you know, problems for people like me who came from that background where it's like, but wait a minute, every scripture is equal. Yeah. And so it kind of um, what we kind of unravel is basically it's like, is Jesus Lord or is or is is just what Joshua said or Moses said equal to what the son of God yeah. says? Yeah, that's that's very good. He's the substance they were grasping in the midst of types and shadows. And uh, he he is the substance. And that's that's wonderful. And God it, was in Christ reconciling the entire cosmos to himself. If we've seen him, we've seen the Father, and that most certainly includes the cross. So we have a Father who would rather allow us to kill him, okay? <laughs> allow us to kill right. him in the flesh than to destroy us or to see us destroy ourselves or destroy each other. And man, I mean to tell you, you want to talk about a, a humble, he's almighty and he's humble. And I tell you what, our, our Father is He's something. I mean, we're going to spend eternity just getting to know him. And, yeah. you know, he's so far beyond. Oh, man. The things I, love... I learned in college. And, you know, I'm, I'm 55 and I feel like a little boy, really, because <laughs> I, I just keep learning, you know. And, you know, people that you're talking about, you know, uh, Brad Jerzak, Jose, I mean, they've been those people have been instrumental in my life in one way or another. Yeah. You know, through, through books and videos and Thank the Lord for technology, and it's no longer, a, you know, it's a much smaller world, so to speak, and we can learn from, from different people, different camps, and the things that are resonating in our spirit, we hear, hey, we're not crazy, someone else is saying this, and it's not just someone else, there's people, from, you know, there's church fathers that were saying this, this is not a new thing, this is an ancient thing that the Lord is just revealing to us, and man, it's just like, mind yes. blown, you know, in a cool way, and it just it just opens our hearts and and frees us, and and so so that blesses me. Yeah, you have anything else uh, before we get to the next? Oh question? yeah, a couple. Yeah, of yeah, First yeah. of all, I, I love how you said that. You know, confirming what other people are thinking because I love that. That's why I love that you're doing this podcast, and that's why I, I started doing the videos because that's the main audience that I'm after. It's it's not convincing the guy who's you know just dead set against you know whatever, but but it's it's the person who's out there going something just isn't sitting right with me with the way things are. 
are, or, or they're going, am I the only person who thinks this? And, mm -hmm. and to hear like a podcast, like, like the ones you create, like you do, or somebody could look at that video. And uh, a few years back, I did this other series, Church Outside the Walls, about people leaving the institutional church with my friend David. And we would get so many responses from people going, I thought I was crazy. I thought I was the only one having, mm -hmm. you know, these thoughts and these questions. And so I love that. And then the other thing I love is how you mentioned that God being humble. Yeah. That was something that like, I remember I was going through first Corinthians 13, you know, the love chapter, love is patient, love is kind and came to a, a love is not proud. And, and, and we say God is love. So God is patient. God is kind. God is all those things. And I came to God is not proud. And all of a sudden, all the views of like worship towards God I had were rattled because I'd worship him as like this proud, like worship me, worship me, you know, this demanding, like egotistical yeah. character. And all of a sudden I was like, whoa, that's not what he's like at all. He's humble. And Jesus mm -hmm. wasn't, Jesus wasn't God in disguise. He was showing us exactly what God is actually like. Yeah. So I, I love that you brought that up. It's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. So the, um, what was the process for choosing the the people you interviewed? Yeah, it was basically that um, I kind of mentioned earlier, but it was basically in in people we had a relationship with and who we saw were actually walking the walk. Um, mm -hmm. They weren't it wasn't just theory for them. Um, like a, another person we interviewed in this one was also uh, Wayne Jacobson. And he appears mm -hmm. in some of the other videos and he wrote a, a book called, so you don't want to go to church anymore. Uh, he loves me. And he, he travels the world, helping people live in the love of their heavenly father. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and just was, was instrumental in my life when I was first starting to question this stuff. Cause he was doing like we're doing, he was, he was the voice going, you're not crazy. <laughs> And yeah. so we we interviewed him. And then another person we interviewed was a guy named Brian Weeble. And, and I love this guy, Brian Weeble, because you'll never, you won't see him on TV. You won't hear about him in front of the crowds. Um, but he was a guy who was uh, just like how you said about pastoring. Mm -hmm. When something is in you, you don't have to have a congregation. You don't have to have an organization. That gift is going to function in you no matter where you are and who mm -hmm. you're with. And Brian had been in ministry for years and he really, he, he, he started thinking and he went, you know, in all my years of quote unquote ministry, Jesus says, go make disciples. He goes, I don't think I've ever made one real disciple. Mm -hmm. And so he started wrestling with, with heavenly father about that and going, I want to make disciples. Well, long story short, he ends up starting to connect with these young men, like in their twenties and thirties and really starts fathering them. Mm -hmm. Um, just relationally doesn't start anything. He's not trying to never built any organization. These people would just, God would just kind of plop them in his life and there'd just be this connection and he would build relationships with them and really just ground them as like an older brother yeah. in God. And, uh, and so it was just a beautiful thing to see. This is what leadership is. Yeah. Leadership is simply serving other people. And there's such a hunger in people for, you know, we, he even brings this out in the video that we have a fatherless generation, both mm -hmm. among the youth and then in the, in spiritually speaking as well. And, and that applies for women too, as well as they yearn for, it's, it's not just an exclusively masculine thing. I mm -hmm. firmly believe same thing, women leaders and, and everything, but, but it's interesting because they just, when they catch a whiff of somebody who says, I'm interested in you. And they, they have some spiritual depth and, and some real life experience. People who are hungry are drawn to that. 
And that's what Brian shares and what he talks about that, that that's been a very real thing for him is, is just people yearn to have father figures in their life. And, and, and he brings that out that that's what real leadership is, is it's really fathering and mothering. It's, it's not titles. It's not, not um, as building organizations. It's being nothing more than filling that place of, of like showing by example, just like we do with our own children, showing by example, here's what it looks like to follow Jesus. Watch me fail. Watch me do things good. You know, see what it's like to, to walk with him. Yeah. And yet Jesus didn't look like an entertainer or Darth Vader, you know, <laughs> right? Um, I am your spiritual father. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Follow me. It, it didn't work like that. Yeah. And everyone, please pardon my Darth Vader imitation. <laughs> it's all in fun, but yeah, I'm not going to get any, any voiceover jobs anytime soon, but we're all good. Yeah. So that, that's, uh, that's good though. You know, knowing those who labor among you and seeing the, you know, the fruit of their labor and how much they, you know, and their, their love for people is the biggest thing. And that's exactly. love is a universal language. And, and yeah, that's, that's beautiful. There's a magnetism about love where you don't have to let everyone know you're in charge or you're the boss or you're, you're the right. leader, you know, um, in leadership, uh, you know, just as always, fascinated me in, in different ways, shapes and forms. But, you know, if, if I go over someone's house and I'm 55, if they're 20, 21, doesn't matter, it's their house. So there's a certain degree of leadership. There isn't there. I'm not just going to head to the refrigerator. I think there's some things that are just innate <laughs> and, and organic in certain situations, you know, and uh, where we learn to yield to the Christ in one another you know, regardless of, of the situation. And we appreciate the Christ in one another. So it's not a pyramid structure, a top-down thing. It's not boards or congregations controlling a puppet pastor or a benevolent dictator pastor or a, or a Darth Vader pastor. Where we ever got that term pastor, it's used once in the Bible. It's <laughs> exactly. Plural, and it's just turned into, you know, a 501c3 CEO, sage on a stage, jack of all trades. And that's and that's a sad thing, you know, because there's a lot of pastoral people who can't uh, give a Greco-Roman sermon to save their lives, but they know what they're guiding and leading and helping and nurturing and being a blessing. And, and that, that's the kind of thing that I see, like in, uh, you know, Priscilla and Aquila's house, you know, around the living right. room, around, around the dining room table. It's not, I'm the boss and I'm here to, you know, to give you speeches or, or whatever all the time. And you're just going to look at the back of each other's heads. This is, we're, we're doing life together and leading in life and an example. And, and people want, people want a friend. People want somebody that they can really look into that'll cause them to look into themselves, you know, and see the Christ in, in themselves. Yes. The people who are going to, you know, show them how precious they are to the father and, and make disciples of Jesus, not themselves. They don't just want someone who uh, they may have sh shook their hand, you know, uh, once in five years or whatever, or just had superficial conversation. Um, they're looking for something real. They are looking to, you know, and that's ministry. Ministry is, real it's service it's work when it comes to it's that dirty four-letter word it's work 
you know right because um, working with people is dirty you know right and, and it's you know it's in proverbs it says you know where where the stall is clean you know there's there's no ox you know right so, so in, in other words ministry is poopy okay <laughs> you, you're gonna go place you're gonna go out into the cosmos and uh, know that jesus is there wherever you are and then just 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 loving on people and i believe in and that magnetism is really what it's all about. And I think just allowing things to happen organically, I, I really believe that that structures, and I'm not, you know, I'm not completely against structure. I'm not for organized or disorganized right. religion. I'm just into Jesus, you know? Exactly. And, uh, and I've seen G. I I see Jesus in Brad Jerzak, and he's he's a high church guy, but I, I agree with so much of his theology, although I am, like I say, ecclesiastically, I'm I'm in a different place, but I Same admire here. exactly. People. I admire N.T. Wright. He's an Anglican, you know, mm -hmm. bishop, um, precious man. So it's not to discredit, you know, anybody else's experience or to tell you what to do, but it's 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 like you know, people again are looking for moms and dads, you know, right. and brothers and sisters, you know, and cousins, whatever. They're just looking right. for relationship. They're looking for you know, for people who recognize that they already fit in, that they're already that these people are already in the in Christ realm, whether they know it or not, they're accepted, they're loved, and they are they're beautiful, and they are exp an expression of of the Father. And when we can show each other that and appreciate one another, then man, we can you know we can draw from each other and and then encourage each other. And then, man, the younger generation can do so much more. They've got more energy, and right now, more technology, more smarts, more right. everything as things as things evolve. And that's that's a wonderful thing. And and thank God for for these types of uh, of leaders that you that you're interviewing. Yeah, yeah. And and I think that the the thing is is that leadership, just like you were talking about, how it's 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 a fatherly or motherly thing. That it's it's really more, you know, you don't have to tell somebody, Hey, I'm a leader or have a, or have a title or draw attention to yourself. If, if I'm sitting in a room with people and we're having a discussion, I can pretty quickly tell who's got some real wisdom on the discussion and, and who's new to it. Mm -hmm. And, and really all leadership is, is somebody who's just further down the road on the yeah. journey. And, and so it's like, there are some people who, you know, that they've, walked with Christ for a long time. They've been through some stuff and they've got some real wisdom. Mm -hmm. And, and, and that's all that it is. It's somebody who just by their life, they live in the reality of the love of the father. They love other people. And it's simply somebody you can just point to and go, they're a good example of what following Jesus looks like. Yeah. And that's and really have, all it is. And they don't have to be ancient. I mean, Jesus started his, you know, uh, you know, like official earthly ministry. When he's 30 years old, you know, young. You can go back further than that. Oh, yeah. Know, when, he, when he was 12 and, and whatnot. And, but, you know, so much of, of his early life, we don't know a whole lot about. But, uh, but you know, thank the Lord. It's not... It's it, it's really about having Father's heart and sharing exactly. Father's heart. And Mr. Perfect lives in us. Mr. Mature lives in us. And though we are growing experientially, uh, you know, we can all, you know, help each other. I know my sons, I, I have two sons. One's 24, the other's 22. And I'm, I'm telling you, I hear the Father's heart from them sometimes. Yes. Fathering me, 
You know what I mean? Yeah. And and I'm 55 year old daddy geezer here. You know. Yeah. Um. And it, and and it's a blessing because what I'm doing is I'm hearing my daddy in someone else. So if if it's a child's voice, I don't care what kind of voice it is. Yeah. <laughs> female voices sound better to me. So yeah. I, I love female voices, young voices, older. But there there are certain things we can't. Uh, there's certain things that do come with age, and you're right, and it's a blessing, especially if you're a knucklehead like me, who it took decades to uh, to really, you know, get his head on straight to unlearn a lot of things yeah. that he learned in religious camps. That you know, then yeah, by that time, you you know, you're further along the road. But my kids are so much further than I was, like not just at their age, but like a decade after yeah. that. You know, so yeah. it's like. Yeah, you can have you can have that uh, the Father's heart. You do have the Father's heart. It's just a matter of uh, of accessing. You have the mind of Christ. You know, exactly. the love of God. So that's that's good. Yeah. I, yeah, I, like I have that. a like you. My daughter's twenty five years old, and yeah. even just this week, I wish I could remember the exact conversation. She said something, and I was like speechless. And all I could say to her is, "Go, okay, that was God." I have nothing. I have nothing to respond to you. I feel really convicted, but but yeah. the, the whole thing is that, and like you said, she's so much further down the road than I ever was at her age, and it, yeah. it cracks me up because she'll bring up things and go, uh, "Oh yeah, I remember when I was eight years old. You wouldn't let me watch this because of whatever reason, or you know." She'll bring up something, and I'll be like, mm -hmm. "Wow, I was really entrenched in a lot of nonsense, you know, back then," mm -hmm. and um, and you know, and it's just interesting too on on talking with this whole thing with leadership. Um, it's really interesting because when you really look at the New Testament, leadership is the topic is it's barely there. Mm -hmm. It's 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 not a big topic. Mm -hmm. um, it's we who've blown it up yeah. and and really have turned it into a major topic. And really, it's because of the things like you've talked about how how um, we've been so entrenched in leadership models and structures and the top down and all that, that we talk about it a lot now, just because we're trying to untangle all of that. Yeah. But the truth is when it really in a healthy functioning family, and this is actually brought out in the video in a healthy functioning family, you don't even really need leadership in that sense. It, because yeah. in a healthy functioning family, like you said, you're mutually submitting to each other where love is present. You don't need heavy handed authority. It, no. It's just not there. You don't have to get ordained at Vista Prince. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure Priscilla and Aquila weren't showing people their business cards when they exactly. walked into their, into their living room, you know. Um, and, and so, yeah, thank the Lord for that. And and there's there's something wonderful about, um, you know, those of us who are older and have screwed up so bad and had so much bad teaching and were the product of it. Or, you know, our kids watch us, but if you tell your children, hey, I, I was messed up. I was teaching some wrong things, believing some wrong things, yeah. leading you into some wrong things, but I've learned better, you know, it's going to, truth resonates, you know, and humility resonates. And when they think, yeah, and then look at the change, look at this, and and you know, it's something you're already working together with the Holy Spirit. So don't dig your heels in. And that's that sometimes a lot of times people in quote ministry, and I know because I've been there, when your platform, your paycheck, your prestige are all linked to your ministry and your position, okay, uh, especially if it's a believe to belong thing and you've got these constitution and bylaws and, and doctrines that you have to believe and, and all of that statements of faith and, and all of this and it, and it boxes you in you don't really have room to to grow. So, so you have to be defending positions uh, instead of growing, 
you know, outside yeah. of that um, and beyond. You may have all kinds of truth, but beyond those things and be able to glean from others and for your uh for your your love walk with Jesus to evolve and yeah. and so so that's really important so humility to me is, leadership is a key you've really got to be willing to uh you know it's the opposite they say oh you put your hand to the plow you know and they're talking about <laughs> organized religion when you take your hand off of that plow you're really able to i found in my life this is just my experience not pushing this on anybody but you're really really able to wash feet you know, yeah. you're really able to minister to people, love people, be free to be who you are. And you don't have to defend, you know, certain doctrines or be dogmatic and, and just everything, you know, where you're just fighting tooth and nail all of the time. And you don't there's no room for personal growth. And then there's no room for growth from the people who are, you know, who are following you and, and listening to you, you know, and right. counting on you for spiritual guidance because because you're bound, you know, to certain things. And there's no, you know, with 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 that kind of dogma, there's no there's no humility. It's this is what we believe, and this is the official statement. It's in stone, and so, uh, you know, and that's the end of the story. So, right, I wouldn't let that be the end of my story, brother. And there's a lot of people who will not, you know, allow that to be the end of their their story. And some people may be in wonderful situations with wonderful, you know. Um, you know, and and wherever you are, you know, the Lord loves you, but but always know that, you know, don't ever feel bound like God's going to punish you, or if you leave a certain group, you know, your life's just going to go down the toilet. It doesn't work that way. Okay? Exactly. Father is with us, even, even in our screw-ups. He's already factored them in from before the foundation of the world. I'm not advocating screwing up, but man, just, just you know, just let him pick you up, you know, and yeah. move on right from there. You have his mind, you have his love and, and just move forward. So, yeah. Yeah. Cause one of the things that it, I, I love that you shared your backstory, cause one of the things, uh, moments that kind of led to me picking, or I, I would, I should, shouldn't say me picking the Lord opening up to me a different path was um, I was having, a, I had always aspired to, you know, I was a, a youth pastor and I was aspiring to be a senior pastor. In fact, mm. it was funny when, when I was in, um, when, when I was in junior high or, in, and I remember even my first job interview for McDonald's, they asked me, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I'd go, well, I either want to be a movie director or a pastor. And, and they were really strong because they'd go, aren't those kind of like opposites, you know? And, uh, but it was funny because I was aspiring to be that. And I remember my wife and I having a meeting with our, uh, the senior pastor and uh, his his wife who were was co-pastoring. They pastored as a couple at the church where we were youth pastors. And we're just having this conversation. Just in the middle of the conversation, nothing was said, nothing. But I was just looking at, my, at, at the senior pastor and I, I was going, he's miserable. Mm -hmm. and, and it's like something just like, and I'm not saying all pastors are miserable. That's not sure. what I'm saying. But it, this was just something, a personal experience just in my own life. And, and it, my world was shattered. Yeah. Because it's like I left that meeting, I was confused. I it was like suddenly I didn't know what road to take because I'm going. That was going to be my fulfillment. That was yeah. going to be the thing that was going to make me a somebody, you know. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's like he's not happy. No. And what I what I thought I wanted, it was empty. Mm -hmm. And uh, and anyway, so that's kind of where it, it, it. There was several thing uh, steps in the process that led to that journey of of just discovering 
a, a better way, not, and I don't mean better way in, in far as some kind of structure or some kind mm-hmm. of a better way to do church, build a better mousetrap. I'm talking about yeah. as far as what you were talking about, living in the love of the father and loving the people he puts into your path, whatever that looks like, whatever he calls you to, you know, and it's interesting for me, just like how you talked about when you would pastor, um, even though you're not under that official title, you still pastor wherever you go. That's just mm-hmm. in you. It's funny because I was a youth pastor and now I'm a high school teacher. I'm still a youth pastor. <laughs> I'm still yeah. doing it. Um, it's just I'm I'm not in the um, in that same environment where I'm doing it, but it still naturally just comes out of me to work with young people. Mm-hmm. But it, but it was the revelation of that I don't have to have a title and I don't have to. In my personality type, there was always a feeling that I have to build something or do something to be loved. Yeah. You know, um, I can't just be accepted because I'm Lauren, because I'm I'm a brother, a son, or whatever. I have to earn that. Mm-hmm. And when when all that happened, it's like that uh, the uh, seeing that those positions weren't satisfying. I saw just how empty. And even in me using that youth pastor position as a way to feel spiritual, um, mm-hmm. to feel like I'm a somebody. Um, it was it was freeing, though painful, yeah. when when I ended up stepping out of that position yeah. because I had to. One of the things is, you know, I would get like these big highs from preaching sermons, you know, mm-hmm. and I had to wrestle with I may never preach a sermon in front of a congregation again. Am I yeah. willing to walk away from that? And yeah. it was tough, you know, and but it's in that journey i even went through some of the biggest failures of my life which if you have a personality type like mine that's all about you're loved by what you accomplish mm-hmm. being loved by father in failure was tremendously freeing yeah that that's so that that is so good and i i i know the feeling i can uh, i can completely relate to that that's uh, yeah man that is that is good stuff. I know there's a lot of people who are, yeah, going to watch, listen, uh, who can who can relate to that as well. The, you know, the pressure I know that was on me, and and there was a time you talk about preaching. There was a time when I a short period, but I realized it, and the Lord really it struck a nerve. You know, the Holy Spirit, yeah. um, where I really loved preaching more than I loved people. I enjoyed the high uh, <laughs> preaching, <laughs> being on the stage and the bigger, the crowd, it was like, it was, it was like heroin for me, you know? And I always, always had to have it and needed the pat on the back and everything else. Cause I, I never excelled really at anything else in life. And then all of a sudden there's this call to ministry. And all of a sudden you, you know, you have this recognition, you have this, this power, so to speak, you have people looking up to you. And really, I, I what I had was a position that that really is not defined in the in the New Testament that I wasn't graced to walk in because this is supposed to be a body thing, and really all you had was you know uh, whatever you had you had one big mouth and a lot of ears for the most part, <laughs> and we were kind of you know we had like plurality of ministry and different people preaching and teaching and times of sharing. Uh, a lot more than a lot of other groups, but it was still, you know, there was still that um, that stigma, you know, and and always, like I say, having to just just kind of needing your next uh, fix and and always having to be that um, mosaic figure who comes down from the mountain, you know, every Wednesday night or Sunday morning, Sunday evening to bring the message from God, you know. 
And, and when that burden is lifted and you can just live as family with people and minister, and what we're doing right now, this is this is preaching, diolegomai, that word preach. When Paul <laughs> preached and Eutychus fell from that loft, people think Paul was being long-winded. Look it up. It's diolegomai. It's the same word that we get dialogue from, okay? Yeah. And if you look at, you know, most of what you read in the New Testament, look at what we call the Sermon on the Mount. You can read that in no time. Okay. Look at look at Stephen's quote sermon, you know, when he's being stoned. Okay. You can read that in a very short amount of time. Okay. Um, <laughs> I submit to you any time, any setting, you can read in a short amount of time because Jesus was relational. You know, the apostles were relational. They sat down, you know, Paul on Mars Hill, short, you know. The, but they reasoned together, and that was part of the Jewish culture. It was part of the Greco-Roman culture as well, to reason together and to, to break bread together and to be family and to talk. And, and that's really, uh, that's leadership. And people are drawn to the people when they sense, you know, certain, uh, you know, I hate, to, I hate to use just religious words, but, you know, the anointing, the gift of God, the dimension of Christ that is in a person or, or what's flowing out of a person, the Jesus in others. Let's put it yeah. that way, okay? When they realize the portion of Jesus in others, they're automatically attracted to it, and they, they're like, man, I can learn something from that. This resonates with me, you know? And it is an organic, natural thing. It's not where someone is coming to a church and basically that preacher has one shot. It's like a tryout, you know, uh, to gain their attention and for them to come and to be a, a member or whatever. Yeah. It wasn't like that in the first century. It was like, hey, we're family. Come on, come on over to, you know, to, to Lauren's house and we're going to hang out. And man, you know, we're, you know, and then, you know, we're just living the Christ life and talking about Jesus and, you know, talking about how he's turning the world upside down and just, just witnesses of his resurrection power and of his love and walking in that kind of freedom where every member, like Ephesians says, is a joint of supply, you know, and is, and is a, a an able-bodied part of the new covenant royal priesthood. And, and so there's, there's no clergy and laity division. It's just everyone in Christ. And then certain people function in certain ways but, uh, but I say they're not the no, and nobody's really the big cheese except for, except for Jesus when it, exactly. when it comes down to it. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yes, and and then people. The, the other thing is they pick up on that there's that there's no agenda in the sense yeah. I, I'm not I don't have an agenda that I'm I'm not trying to get something from you. I'm I'm not you're not my project. You know I'm I'm not trying to get yeah. you to join my thing or plug you in or or make you do something that's going to further my you know ministry or my organization and and so when my whole agenda is to love you and to make sure that you know you're loved you know and that's it you know yeah. that's right there Jesus that's the gospel being lived right in front of people and people are drawn to that cuz they know you're a safe place mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so it's just it's just real people being real with real people. That's, exactly. <laughs> that's that's how we were born to uh, <laughs> to function. Yeah. So I I've, I've got another question, and this is All right. uh, this is this is a, I love this topic. Are leaders born, made, or both? <laughs> it's funny because I once had somebody uh, tell me that uh, it, we were we were talking about apostles at the time, kind of like we just did at the beginning of the podcast, and and someone goes, apostles aren't born, they're made, 
And, uh, you know, and, and I've actually come to believe that that's true. I think there's a calling. People can be called mm -hmm. to something. But I think that, um, I, you know, it, again, it depends on if we're talking kingdom of God or world structure. You know, if we're mm -hmm. talking world structure, then there are people who just have, you know, natural leadership abilities, entrepreneurship abilities and, and things like that. But if we're talking kingdom of God, people um, who are who are leaders in the body of Christ, I think those people are made. And I think they're made by... <laughs> I think they're made by suffering and crushing and humiliation and going through a whole lot of stuff that people aren't lining up to go through <laughs> because yeah. I think that first of all, if, if Jesus is the pattern and you look at what he went through, uh, the persecution at uh, the cross, you know, and he even said, if you want to follow me, take up your cross and follow me. And because I think what it is, is, is basically um, the things that get us into the most trouble are we, we tend to want to pursue either the glory for ourselves, you know, the recognition, make the big name. Uh, we want to pursue the gold, the money, the wealth, you know, all that kind of stuff. Or, or we want the, uh, we, you know, we want the credit, you know, for, mm -hmm. for what's going on or the control, you know, we want to control everything that's happening. Mm -hmm. And I think those are the things that God has to crush in us um, to, for people who are, who are going to function in. And, and again, it's not talking like, we're not talking title leaders. We're talking people who have that aroma, that fragrance yeah. of life and freedom. Um, there are people who have been freed from those things. And uh, frankly, it, it sometimes takes kind of a school of hard knocks. I wish it didn't <laughs> mm -hmm. to, to really get those things out of us. I, I don't know for yeah. everybody. It might not be. I know for me, it was yeah. um, taking having to really get free of wanting credit, wanting rec like we talked about the whole thing of wanting recognition um, yeah. as well as uh, the control thing. And I still battle the control thing because that's not just about controlling an organization. It's it's about me, you know, in the middle of this whole COVID thing, what are we so upset about? We don't have control, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so it's like, I want my control back. I want, you know, I want to know what I'm going to do next week, next month, next year. You know, I want to have my financial plan. And that's where God would, uh, I don't necessarily know, I would say it was God, but the circumstances would hit yeah. me is with the, um, with the financial stuff, you know, cause I've got my financial plan and every, and then all of a sudden I have a lack, I would get all bent out of shape because this is now out of my control. Now I actually have to trust father. Mm -hmm. and, and we say we trust him, but that's when the rubber meets the road. It's like, there's not a lot of faith there really. Cause faith is really just, uh, you could better translate that as relational trust is yeah. do I really have relational trust in my heavenly father or not? And that's where we really learn that stuff is, is going through those times where we don't have control where we're, where he has us do something where we're not going to get the credit for it. Mm -hmm. And he has us do something free of charge. And uh, are we willing to just give it away for free and not look for where's the financial gain in this? Yeah, this is, you know, my answer to it is, is the same, but maybe a little more nuanced and it's still so much of it's still a mystery to me. Because I can see where, you know, the Lord before the foundation of the world knows, you know, where we're going, who we're going to be, what we were ordained to, you know, to, to carry out. There's there's certain works that are, you know, that I believe are predestined and they're, you know, not being spooky, but I think there's always something in the spirit. We can just get in touch with whatever the Lord is doing. He knows every person in every room, you know, and, and he, he knows all about them. And if he prompts us to go and speak to them, bless them, love them, you know, whatever it is. Um, I, you know, I, I, I find, I think that's, you know, I, th I think that's, that's real. So I see the reality of that, but what scares me a little bit is people who think that they're special because they're, you know, they're called to ministry. So a lot of right. times we've got to get our minds out of certain paradigms and say, 
well, you know, he knew that I'd be functioning in such and such a way at such and such a time. Yeah, before the foundation of the world. Um, but at the same time, he also knew that everybody else would be too, you know, in, <laughs> right. in some in some dimension or another, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and so the leader Jesus in us, you know, the, the, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit in us and, and us in him. And again, that's that's another mystery. But that's, you know, that's who people are drawn to. They're drawn to love, you know, that's uh, that's bottom line. So I, I kind of, you know, it's it's a mystery to me, but I, yeah. I see where there is that uh, that ordination thing, you know, that uh, that calling thing. But I see where it is for everybody and certain people just function, you know, in different ways and they have different, you know, spheres of influence and personalities, giftings, talents, you know, and and, and all of that you know, come into play. And, yeah. and, so, and, and, you know, one's person's leader is somebody else that, you know, that folks wouldn't cross the, the street to hear. So, right. So yeah, it's, it's really, it's, uh, it's pretty, um, you know, amazing how the Lord works. So yeah, it's a little bit, I say my take on it is just a, a tad nuance, but, uh, but I agree with you. But, but I think you're, it's funny because I go to your side too, as well. I think you're right. I think there is a mystery to it because I, I think there is a sense that, God places calls on people's lives as well. I I, th I I agree with that. And so it's it's one of those things where we can't, you know, again, we like surety. And so we want to hammer this out and get this crystal clear. And, and, and it's one of those things where I don't know what the clear way to to totally define that is. But but it's like all the people I know who who function in in a sense of like loving people and and that we would call you know genuine leaders in Christ that they'll they'll all tell me yeah I, I had a sense that there was a calling on my life when when I was young and they they weren't but see it took that pathway of getting prepared for it. I mean you even see that like in even if you look at the old testament you know Moses and people like that and you see that in Paul where he was in in uh, and for seven years, you know, isolated or, you know, different, different things that mm -hmm. God does and different people would prepare them. But there's yeah. still that thing of, um, cause even when Paul first came to Christ, um, the first word that, that, uh, I forgot the guy's name who, uh, who house he went to when he was still blind. And, um, but if, if you remember when he, he said, I've called, he told, um, the spirit of God told this mm -hmm. man that Paul was called to the Gentiles. Yeah. From the moment he first came to Christ, you know, yeah. this is, he, this wasn't like years down the road. It's like, this guy was just, you know, persecuting Christians. And the, the yeah. moment he shows up, he's going, he's, I've already marked this guy. Yeah. And, and so I think in, in a sense, I think that's um, true of everybody who follows Christ. Just like you said, I think it's true of everybody that they're marked according to the way that he's crafted them. You know, whether it be for for helps or for service or feeding the poor or, you know, whatever it is that but there's something that he's planted in each person that you could say that, that it's a call of God. Yeah. See, the the a, a huge pitfall with me when I was younger. Well, one of them was you sense this call, you know, and this this, you know, because you're going to, uh, you know, to be somewhat of an orator, somewhat of a teacher, someone who, you know, who, who shares and uses words um, so to speak. And, you know, you, you have that, that kind of a sense and you want to love people and you, and you just, you just believe that you want to, you know, you want to change the world and, and, you know, um, in a beautiful way, you know, when, when, when you, you, you're getting to know Jesus, but I think what, you know, with what happened with me was there's this call and it's, it was like, you know, let's use it like a, a big, you know, mound of dough. And then I was trying to, all I saw was certain denominational cookie cutters 
that it, that that dough had to fit in. Mm. And one looked like the guy, you know, the one the ones that appealed to me most at that time were, um, you know, the big time evangelists filling stadiums and having people in awe. Um, and then the, you know, the pastors, uh, the pastors of the mega church, you know, the 501 C three, uh, you know, and, and I'm not saying every, every one of them or is an entertainer, but there's a lot of entertainment. There's a lot of just straight up foolery. And there, there's so many people carrying things and burdens that again, it's, it's an office that, uh, the, the, the cookie cutter is something when God doesn't ordain that pattern, uh, man can't really walk in, man can't walk in it properly. And so, yeah, he's going to fall. He's going to fail. He's going to, you know, he's, it's going to be miserable in one way, shape or form. Certain people with certain personalities can press their way through it, mm -hmm. but still it's not as far as the genuineness and the beauty and what, and what I believe to really be, you know, what the Lord is looking for. Um, certain personalities I think can be wedged into, into those things. Uh, and they're really man-made constructs that, that God didn't ordain. Um, and so I think that's a huge pitfall and we think leadership and sometimes that's a really, that's almost like a cuss word uh, right. to a lot of us, you know, um, because like, wh <laughs> what are you talking about? You, you, the first thing that you equate that with is, uh, is spiritual abuse or something like that. And a lot of times and you may, you may be watching or listening you may have been abused, but that person, it's not always the person, you know, it not just all about the person. It's about the situation and the cookie cutter that the system told them they had to be put through. Okay. Exactly. And then when they turned up on the other side, it created, you know, a Franken preacher. Okay. <laughs> a Franken apostle, prophet, evangelist, yeah. pastor, teacher, whatever. And where this is not who Jesus created them to be, but they're really being, uh, you know, created in the image of, of man-made constructs is my belief uh, versus what uh, versus the beauty of how these functions ought to operate in the, in the new covenant, you know, where Jesus just being Jesus through certain people, you know, and he yeah. teaches through certain people. There's awesome hospitality through some there's counseling, there's guidance, there's things, wisdom behind the scenes that, uh, yeah, that you'll never hear from a lot of pulpits, you know, that help lead and guide people and different gifts functioning and flowing. And, and, and that's for that everybody can, you know, can function in one way. I mean, you don't have a junior Holy Spirit, you know, or a right. lame Holy Spirit. Okay. Or, 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 you know, someone who is, yeah, someone who is, who is, you know, inferior to, uh, to some guy in, or woman in what, you know, they call fivefold ministry. No, you, Christ in you is the hope of glory. He loves everybody in every room that you'll ever be in, and he wants to love through you. So the whole thing is whoever you are, just be open to him, and whatever it is will will flow through you. It'll it'll function through you. He will, and people will recognize that. They'll recognize Jesus, and that's what yes. we're here for, for Jesus to be recognized, you know? Not not a great sermon, not a great teacher. But but Jesus and like anything Lauren and I are saying right now, we, we just want Jesus to you know to resonate with people. It's not let's exactly. say it's not about us personalities. Please, I mean, forget my name. I really I don't <laughs> give a flip. But just remember Jesus, okay? He he loves you. Yeah, right. 
Yeah, it's, it's interesting because you're talking about that mold and, and being forced in that mold. And, and that was one of my problems was I wasn't strong enough to force my, you know, to stay on that path. You know, it, mm -hmm. it, I, I just, you're right. There are people who have that ability to muscle through it. And I was not one of them. Um, yeah. Part of that's because I, I tend to be a, a creative type. And, mm -hmm. uh, and, and the very nature of creative people is you, you, you have to color outside the lines. Mm -hmm. And so being in a world where I was given these clear lines that I had to stay in, I didn't realize it at the time, but it was working against the very way I was designed. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's one of the things that, um, even, even when I was stepping out of that, um, one of the things that God spoke in my heart was that you're just filling a position. You're not being who you are. Yeah. And, and that was one of the real challenges, but it was interesting because how you talked about people who may even um, be in that world. And, you know, we look at them as, oh, they're the villain, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, and I have a story where it, it's a beautiful story of that exact scenario where there was an elder in that church who really hurt me um, because he was so domineering and so controlling and really put me under his thumb. And, and, uh, and, you know, when, when I, I was basically why I left, I don't like to get into the whole story, but when, when I ended up leaving, we were basically kicked out cause they, after, you know, it's a long story. Don't want to get into it. It was a lot of ugly church politics and stuff that went on after we stepped down from youth, we were thinking we we're just going to take the back row of the church, but they didn't like that. And so long story short, they basically kicked us out. But so I was so angry at this guy. And I, I was so angry that I couldn't even pray to, you know, pray for your enemies. I couldn't even pray for him. I was so mad. And so it's like, I would just try to eke out a prayer. I'm going to just try, you know, God help me to mm -hmm. forgive this guy. Help me to love this guy. And I would just, and, and I, I would just force it. And finally over time, it kind of be, I started being able to pray a little easier for him. Well, several years later, I connect with a, a great brother. I don't know if you've ever met David Fredrickson. Um, fantastic brother. Anyway, meet, meet him. Um, he's at the time he's pastoring this other church in Sacramento, California, where I lived at the time and uh, connect with him. And we just have this great connection like you and I have had. And, and, uh, and so I start, my wife and I start going to his church and, and, and he happens to mention this, this, uh, this, uh, elder who I had been through that painful experience with goes, Oh yeah, he was here last Sunday. And instantly all my, you know, all my pen, he's the enemy, you know, he's the, yeah. he's every time you ever get that thing where there would be like in the back of your mind when you're preaching against something, it's because of that guy is who you're really talking about. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> it was, he was the face of my Darth Vader, you know? And, mm -hmm. uh, and so we go, so we're kind of prepared going, he could show up, you know? And so I'm, I'm there that next Sunday morning and he shows up and he walks over to me and he goes, can we talk? And so, you know, I'm like, okay, you know, I go outside and he, and, and he goes, he goes, I just have to apologize to you and ask your forgiveness. He goes, wow. I was wrong. He goes, and, and, and anyway, he had gone through the whole same unwinding mm -hmm. that, that, that we did, you mm -hmm. know, and, and had mm -hmm. seen just how sucked into all the control mechanisms and all that stuff that we were. But now oh. I'm in this crisis because he'd been my villain. Yeah. And, and, you know, I want, I want to love him, but all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, now I have to shift from all this. You're not the monster that I thought you were. So my, my whole world is like mm -hmm. having to recompute. So yeah. a couple months later, he, and, and it was interesting because he even goes, well, now I know why God had me visit this church. They were just visiting. They just felt like from the Lord, they were supposed to be there. We wow. meet again. I get asked to speak to this, uh, to this uh, Bible study group um, several months later. And we meet again because he works for this organization that was, that was it, it was at a car dealership and he worked there. And, and we meet again and it was amazing because it was, we were, we were best friends. 
It was like nothing had ever happened. And, and after that, we went to his house several times. He came to our house several times. Um, it was gone. All mm -hmm. that, hey, all that animosity, all of it, it was gone. Yeah. And I, I, I just, to me, that is the power of God. Mm -hmm. that, that shows the power, you know, how we talk about love is more powerful than hate. Yeah. And, and when he talks about pray for your enemies and, and it talks about how, you know, he'll, he'll pour, he'll pour was it uh, when you, when you pray for your enemies or when you bless those who curse you, you're pouring heaping coals on their head. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not that you're, you're burning them up. It's that you're, yeah. you're giving them coals for their own fire mm -hmm. to light. And in God's vengeance, God's vengeance is not, I'm going to punish them. God's yeah. vengeance is I'm going to transform them. Yep. I mean, his vengeance is on the enemy that's holding them captive. And so he went on and then we talk about becoming who we're supposed to be. He goes on and his dream was always to go to Africa and do be, uh, be a pilot in Africa and deliver goods to people and stuff. A few months later, he texts me, I I've got my pilot's license. Then a few months later, I get this text. I'm in Africa. Cool. Very <laughs> cool. Amazing. So anyway, just, I was just with what you were sharing about how, when we're in that mold, we don't realize how much it affects us and it affects the people who even hurt us. And we have yeah. to realize they're just as much a victim of that stuff as we are. And, yeah. and so we do, we want to be careful not to close out the relationship. And, uh, and, and even if you have to ache through the pain of it all to, to be that instrument of reconciliation for God to yeah. still leave the door open for, yeah. for that reconciliation to happen. Cause he does yeah. it. Especially if you're in a place and you are claiming that you have the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And you do, you have Jesus, but you're still learning him, um, you know, and you're claiming to be speaking absolute truth. And then someone bucks that, you know, uh, it's a direct threat you know, to your uh, man of God ship or whatever you yes. want to call it, you know? Um, and it can be, you know, it's a threat to the, you know, to the denomination, to the constitution and bylaws and whatever, you know, or, uh, and yeah, and sometimes your identity can be so wrapped up in a position or what you believe is a, a calling uh, that you really forget the whole thing. You, you just, it, where, where it's not about people and really it's, it's really tough and nobody's going to tell me it's not tough. If you have a huge overhead with a huge mortgage and uh, yeah, and huge church salaries and all these things that we didn't have, they did not have in the first century. Okay. Um, there's more pressure to perform. There's more pressure for a lot of things and a lot less freedom with that kind of uh, financial bondage that comes with it. And, you know, no one is going to, I mean, if you invite someone over to your house, that's great, you know, and you're not taking up an offering or, uh, or an old covenant tithe or something like that. But when someone, you know, when, when the first thing you're doing, is when you're, when you're always begging for money for some project, people are, people are going to question that, you know, it's like, okay, this is, this is a rent a father, you know? Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. Really, really. And when, when those elements are taken out of it, it's possible to do those things. And it, it is, it is possible to minister to people, to share the word, to do, you know, things like we're doing, we're sharing from the word here too, you know? 
um, to do that without, you know, without charging people a dime, you know, and, uh, if, if I want to collect something, Hey, we can give it to others, you know, like right. Paul did, you know, he's making tents and he's doing, you know, so, you know, if you're watching this, I want you to know, you're not a loser, you know, you're not a loser and quit being, you know, you, you don't, uh, don't minister to youth as a stepping stone to minister to the real people, <laughs> exactly. you know, don't, uh, don't, you know, pastor the small church so that you can get to the big church, just love people. You know, exactly. just really just love people. And because uh, because, man, just the plasticky things I see all the time, I can tell a preacher a mile away. Like, you know, if you go into a golden corral, you can you, you can see, uh, I mean, just the mannerisms and everything else. Right. And it's, just, it's just like, stop, stop. <laughs> you know, I mean, really so many. And we were all taught that, you know, religion does. It has it has these learned mannerisms and and just things, even the sing-songy, you go from denomination to denomination and people just imitating certain preachers and everything else. We had, when I was coming up, you had the, the Jimmy Swaggart wannabes holding the Bible in the air, yeah. you know, doing, doing the Jimmy Swaggart thing. I'm just, dude, be you, you know, be you. This is just, you know, this is, this is dumb. You know, exactly. I tried to be, I'm spastic. So, you know, I tried to do the Billy Graham thing for a while. That was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, no, no. <laughs> Man, so I, I, I got to ask you: Do do your because you have your two sons in the, in their twenties? Uh -huh. Do do they occasionally call you out when you slip into that like little bit of a, a old religious mechanism? You know, get get a little a little how would you call it a, a lack of a better word, kind of like a little too churchy? You know, again, they would. You know, it, it's just I'm more than anything. I catch myself sometimes just yeah. getting, getting a little preachy. You know, yeah. Um, and I think there's certain you know you declare it but it's and, and again it's more uh learned behavior it's not things that we would do naturally if we weren't trained to do that in exactly. an environment where they you know where they did that so yeah i, I was curious because yeah. my daughter will call it out especially mm -hmm. when you know because like i said i'm a creative so i'll be like we're, we have some creative ideas we're developing right now and mm -hmm. and she'll just straight up go you know that name just it sounds too much like old christian movie you know, and, and because she just doesn't, um, this is one of the things I learned actually when I, working with youth, both in high school now and then and back when I was a youth pastor is, is they smell religion a mile away, uh -huh. you know, and then, and then especially kids who, who grow up outside of it, you know, they spot it real quick. So they're a great barometer, you know, mm -hmm. of like, okay, if, if, if I'm starting to, to stray from what's, what's natural and real into yeah. what's, uh, you know, what, what's fake, that plastic you're talking about that you can spot a mile mm -hmm. away, they're really good at spotting it. Yeah. And I, I learned homiletical theatrics. I mean, I learned we were pretending to put out fires and everything else and being, you know, uh, <laughs> and, you oh, know, man. yeah, yeah. We learned theatrics and just, just so much of it was learned behavior and being around the people. And I just happened to say it was more old time Pentecostal camp. So that was, you know, that was, that was my thing, you know? <laughs> right. And so, yeah. So you get, you get, nobody talks like I didn't talk, but some of, you know, nobody talks like that in real life. Praise God. Exactly. You know, God, <laughs> ah, Lauren, ah, it's good to be with you ah, tonight. <laughs> ah, somebody praise him, you know? And then, and then these preachers end up being like, you know, like these rappers and stuff, you know, it's just uh, put your hands up, put your hands up. You know? <laughs> somebody say, woo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Basically, you got nothing to say, you know, or you're exactly. going to rail on women for what they're wearing or whatever. I mean, you just just share Jesus, you know. And I, lastly, I I like uh, I like being around, yeah, living rooms, kitchens, dining rooms, uh, coffee shops. I, yeah, 
wherever, you know, yeah. um, just in settings where we can, uh, you know, where people can be together and not that, not that the word isn't shared, but the word is shared in, in a dimension where it's, it's like, it's more, is way more dialogue than monologue and right. know, unashamed question and answer and people not ashamed to share their doubts or, you know, um, something that's, that's, you know, contradicts, uh, what you may believe and, you know, yeah. and no one's position is on the line. Nobody's going to get fired. Nobody, yeah. uh, you know, nobody's going to not be the great man of God anymore or anything like that. It's just, it's just real. You yes. Know? You know, it's become yeah. so fun for me is, uh, is often with my group of friends, we'll, we'll have these conversations where our voices will get kind of low and go, okay, I got to talk about something that's kind of like heresy. <laughs> because you, know, you got that thing, you know, those taboo subjects you were never allowed to talk about or this thought, yeah. that, you know, and so you're, but it's yeah. so freeing to be like, I, I can be in a safe place where I can actually talk to somebody about this crazy idea, you know, yeah. I had from something I read or a thought about God, you know, and, and, and you're not going to be condemned for it, you know? Yeah. 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 It's it, it's amazing, man. We could we go on talking about a lot of stuff here. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, this is good. But my my next question, um, the differences between hierarchical pyramid styles of leadership versus the Trinitarian model of perichoresis. If anybody doesn't know that word, uh, peri means like around a circle and choresis where we get choreography from. So is the life of the father, son, Holy Spirit and us being in them and them in us. And it's a circle instead of this top-down stuff. It's it's a family thing. Yeah. Although we still we honor Jesus as Lord, of course, you know, and 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 Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Um, we we love them, you know, and uh, and they're one. And He who is joined to the Lord is one Spirit, and we've been joined to the Lord in Him. We live and move and have our being, and He upholds every fiber of our being, upholds all things by the word of His power. By Him, all things. Uh, yeah, consist. Almost got a little preachy there, <laughs> but, uh, but, but yeah, add that little accent on there. <laughs> talk, talk about talk about pyramid versus. I can't even do that. <laughs> I couldn't do that if I tried. Because that's because my background was just a charismatic, not Pentecostal. So I never mm -hmm. got that. Uh, got mm -hmm. that. But but yeah, that, that's that's a beautiful thing that you were just describing. Because that that is a. The, the picture of that, the Trinity, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, always in unity, like you said, us and them, them and us, um, serving one another, the goal. How can I serve you most? How can I love you most? It's almost, I mean, imagine a world where the goal is to outserve each other, outlove each other, instead of outperform each other or, or be over each other. <laughs> be over, yeah. That's, like, you want to be under me? Uh, exactly. Yeah. No, no, that doesn't sound good, dude. No, no, not not what I want, you know. And then you got these freaky, you know, uh, umbrella things with you know Jesus, and then the husband, and then you know Jesus, the pastor, the husband, the wife, you know, uh, and and then the kids, you know, like Jesus umbrella leaks, you know, um, right, you know. So we got to make sure that that leaky Jesus, that none of the water that got by leaky Jesus, you know, uh, falls on anybody else under us. I mean, it's just right. it's ludicrous. It's asinine, bro. Yeah, the whole covering thing, you know, you got to have a covering. Who's your covering? Uh, been, went through all that one, man. Yeah, yeah. Although, let's say we're 
the Christ in you know in in us and in the, our sisters and brothers. You know? Yes. Uh, yeah, we're covered, man. You're, you're, we're we're covered. If I'm, wow, I could be. You could be in the Isle of Patmos and you're covered. And we're not. This isn't taken away from getting together, from hanging out, exactly, fellowship, whatever right. you want to call it. We yep. we need that. We need human interaction. We need you know we need uh, you know Christian community and inviting people into that life to do life with us. You know uh, and not being freaky. I'm not telling you to start a nudist commune or anything like that, or grow your own plants or (laughs) none of that. Just, just be you, you know? And uh, I I think after COVID people are going to be more and more hungry for that because we've not been able to gather together, not been able to hug and kiss and do all the things that we did before. You know, I come from a Portuguese Italian background, so there's hugging and kissing regardless of, you know, uh, regardless of who who's around you know we're we're all about greeting each other with with a holy kiss and I'm, and uh, yeah so covid's done a number but people are going to want to gather and we can we can really flesh this thing out more because people are hungry they're lonely and and they want love we all want love yes. they don't just want a if they want a sermon they can just they can i mean there's there's a million sermons and sermonettes online you you can yeah. do that you know, you want to look at the back of somebody's head. It's easier to do in your boxer shorts or your pajamas, um, you know, <laughs> but if you really want to get with people, put your clothes on and and and, and, and hang out, you know, in real life. Face How face. did you know what I'm wearing during this interview? Whatever, man. <laughs> Just don't stand up. Don't stand up. <laughs> ah, don't stand up. No. <laughs> So yeah, so yeah, the um, the the circle is so much better than the than the pyramid. Absolutely, think, you know, that carries carries over to me. That carries over into business and into every element of life. Yes, you know? when you have a team that's working together and they're more about circles and tables and you know and being together and functioning as a team and appreciating each member of the team and seeing how they function and not having to dictate or take everything on one person to get the whole job done yeah the whole delegation thing and the mutual respect and the flow i think that 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 i mean that's family that's you know uh or if you want to call it church life or body life that's business i, I think that works in everything you know in every single facet of life that's how uh, that's how human act interaction and where there's human interaction, there's divine interaction, whether it's whether it's realized or not recognized or not. Exactly. That's such a beautiful thing when you when you have that, when you find that kind of collaboration with people where it's just this is how you function. I'm going to let you function the way you're built to function. I'm not going to get in your way because that's that's the grace I see on you. And then the person does the same with you. It, it's a beautiful thing when you witness that. Yeah, yeah. If not, you can be like the horrible karaoke singer, karaoke singer that grabs the mic, you know, trying to to be something they're not, you know, because they've been told they got to be everything. You got to be everything, do everything. And, you know, and and no, you don't, you don't have to be. And that's right. That's, that's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Good stuff. So we're going to close with this question and then we'll just, then I'm just going to put the untangled TV um, button up there and let you just let folks again know how they can reach you and I'll show them how they can reach the, the, the broadcast and everything on my end. But all right. uh, uh, I believe you believe the same thing. Jesus, the greatest leader of all time still is. Um, and um, what makes him the greatest leader of all time and what can we learn from Jesus? Wow. Um, 
I would definitely say what there's a lot of things that make him the greatest leader of all time, but I would say uh, it was defined by his love and his love is seen through his willingness to lay down his life. And when I say lay down his life, I, I don't just mean like, you know, in a, in the, in the, you know, in the traditional sense of, um, you know, penal substitutionary atonement, you know, that, okay, he was supposed to come and die. I don't mean it like that. What I mean is that, that Jesus said, though you kill me, I will still love you. Though wow. you kill me, I will forgive you while you're killing me and I will still serve you. Yeah. And, and so, and then, and then his laid down life also just in his actions, continually laying down his life, allowing himself to be continually interrupted by people. There, there was never a time that, that we read about in scripture where he went, he, he was going, uh, no, don't, don't, don't bother me right now. You know, go, go away. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. he, he just allowed him. He, he was in, in a way he, he just, um, I don't want to use the word doormat because that's like saying no, don't have any boundaries or something like that. Mm -hmm. But but it's like he was completely laid down for everybody around him to the point of his own death. He didn't he didn't even value or or cling to his own life. If if to the point where if somebody said, I want to take your life away from you, he said, Go ahead. Yeah. That there was no, oh, here's Jesus coming down the road. Let's sing five fast songs and five <laughs> slow songs so that Jesus can feel the anointing and be able to teach and work miracles. I, I don't, nowhere, nowhere, you know? And we got people thinking they got to pull God through a roof, you know, and, and with, with, you know, some special song or, or right. whatever, you know? And it's like, no, just practice, you know, he meets us in our ignorance, you know, because he's always there. But just to, if you just start out with the premise that he's already there and already in you, and that you'd be a lifeless meat sack if he wasn't, that's a good place to start. <laughs> right. then you're not functioning unto love or unto acceptance or unto trying to get him to do something. You're functioning uh, in the finished work of something he's already done and he already loves you. You're already accepted. So just, yeah. So just enjoy him, enjoy each other. Yeah. Enjoy the flow. That's, that's what it's about. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, I can talk about Jesus. All, I mean, beyond <laughs> right. all night, you want to talk about Jesus. I mean, that's why yeah. that last one is massive. Cause it's like, mm -hmm. that's actually the question of exactly of Jesus being Jesus, you know, mm -hmm. who, uh, what, what makes Jesus, Jesus, you know, it, he, yeah. it's, it's corny as it sounds. It, well, it's cause he was Jesus. <laughs> yep. Yep. So that's that's great. I've really enjoyed this, Lauren. Do you, do you have anything else you want to add before we before we close out? I I've just enjoyed this as well. This has been a really great discussion. Really enjoyed it, and okay. uh, thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm I'm so grateful to have gotten to have this conversation with you. Well, anytime. I mean, something's on your heart, whatever. I like to do podcasts and videos as as often as I can, at least once a week. And so, yeah, holla at your boy. All right. I'm, yeah. <laughs> well, anytime. Just let yeah. me know. I'd be happy to. Join in. Yeah, you too. You got something I say, something on your heart, and you want to, yeah, you want to just, uh, yeah, you want to just share it. We can let certain things be known because this this project sounds uh, sounds like a wonderful thing. So would you just go over that real quick again? But the Untangled? Yeah, it's Untangled.tv. Um, there is a four-part video series. I realized I lost track because I went down some bunny trails. But but the first part is Jesus, uh, the, um, uh, Jesus, the exact representation of God. 
The mm-hmm. second part is uh, Christ in you, the hope of glory. It just basically right. that Jesus isn't God's not out there somewhere. He's actually in you and and abiding in you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the third one is uh, uh, becoming community, and we even touched yeah. on a lot of that in our conversation of what what genuine life giving community is. And then yeah. the the fourth one we have so far is, is the uh, the one on leadership and authority. And then we've got some more. I think we've got about two or three more that will be coming. Uh, probably the next part would probably be like around June. Um, okay. But but we've got some more that we're still developing. So okay. and, and if you go to untangle.tv, totally free of charge. Uh, um, this is just a, available for everybody because we think it's something that uh, just everybody needs to hear. Uh, or, or should have access to. If you go on that website, you can see all four parts. The videos are posted there as well as there's kind of a fun one I have there as well on uh, about uh, financial support for ministers. And it tears down mm-hmm. a lot of the lies we've been told about what it means, but also upholds that those who are laboring, and this mm-hmm. isn't a pitch for me. I'm not even talking about myself when I share sure. this. I actually made it for some other brothers who were doing some work around the world and stuff. Yeah. And uh, just just kind of hits, it's kind of a fun little series on that you could watch on there as well. Well, um, so, so just wanted to make some resources available to people and have some projects and development. I'm really excited about that. I'm looking at teaming up with my daughter and stuff, some more creative videos in the near future that more will be released about that in the future, but you could go there and, and keep up to date and watch the videos that as they're released. Very cool. Well, I like that. And you can find, you'll be able to find this interview, uh, at, uh, org and, uh, also, there's a podcast, the Love Reimagined Podcast, and that is on uh, every major podcasting platform. And so, and Joe Chadburn YouTube channel. So, and I'm going to share all of this with Lauren as well. And if you can send me any descriptions that you'd like of what's on Untangled TV as well, and we can put that in the captions. But, brother, this has been uh, just wonderful. I've really enjoyed this conversation and look forward to, to having some in the future. And uh, just a blessing to to have you. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. I, I likewise everything ditto. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And to everybody out there, we're talking to, and we'll be on the in the future through technology. Uh, God bless you. We we love you, and uh, we just appreciate the Christ in you. And yeah, email us. Yeah, yeah. Um, through lovereimagined.org. Do you have an email or some way that people can contact you? Uh, at this point, I'm actually still, I, I just barely got the website up recently. Okay. So I'm okay. still getting that all established. Uh, eventually there will be a con- okay. ways to contact. If you go to the contact page and lovereimagined.org, I'll make sure that Lauren gets uh, gets your comments and, and questions and uh, yeah, testimonies, whatever it is that you, you might have uh, through the video, maybe some more questions that you'd like to be addressed in a future video. So God bless. We love you. Thanks again, uh, Lauren. And thanks for to everyone who is, uh, who's watching. Thanks so much for being with us today. If you are enjoying this podcast, please subscribe and share with your family, friends, and those who have yet to discover their awesomeness and yours. You can also check us out at lovereimagine.org. Again, no cows were harmed during the recording of this episode.